This week's Perik is Perik Gimel, but we'll give a few Akdamas before we get to the Mishnah. This week is going to be Chavtes Lechodesh Sivan, the day that the Miraglim left, and the Psukim tell us, Vayamim Yemei Bikure Anavim. The days were the days that the grapes began to become ripe, and Shimshon Nostropada tells us a deeper meaning of this word. And he tells us that the days that the Miraglim traveled are not good days for Klan Israel. They are days that the Sitra Achra has a Shlita, the Samach Mem has some level of control, and he gives the Remez. Before. The letters before Anovim spell out the name of the Samach Mem Aleph Lamed. Before the Ayan comes the Lamed, comes the Samach. Before the Nun comes the Mem. Before the base is the Aleph. And before the Mem is a Lamed. Spells out Samach Mem Aleph Lamed, which represents the Yetzirah, the dark side, and these days that the Miraglim traveled were Yemei Bikure Anovim. We have the following aura. In the Torah, Anovim is spelt Aleph, Nun, Ayan, Nun, Base, Yud, Mem. There's a Yud in the middle. And the Remes of Shimshon Ostrapala is without the letter Yud. And in Sparim tell us that sometimes there is a Yud, sometimes another Yud, but maybe there's something here that we have to ponder on. When we put in the letter Yud into the word Anavim, then we don't spell Samach Mem Aleph Then we don't have the Kayach of the Samach Mem of the Yed Sahara. It's only when you spell it without the Yud. The Yud saves the day. We find in the end of the parasha, and there's the opposite, this horror is brought in this far too. Tzitzis Rashi tells us is Gematria 613. How is Tzitzis Gematria 613? Says Rashi, say Chazal, Tzitzis itself is Gematria 600. And then we have the eight strings, the five knots, the eight and the five is 13. But in the way the Torah writes Sitzes in the Pasuk, it doesn't add up to 600 at all. It's spelled Tzadik Yud Tzadik Tov. That's 590. It's not 600. It's only 600 if we add another Yud. And it would seem again. It's the letter Yud that gives us the Laman that helps us that gives us shkula tzitzis k'degetarag mitzvahs, the letter yud. We put the yud into the anavim, yimavatl l'sarach mem. You put the yud into the tzitzis, then we get tariag. The yud is what saves the day. And then we have the beginning of the parish again. When Moshe Rabbeinu was terrified that his prized Talmud, Hoshea Benun, will be influenced by the spies, by the miraglim, what did he do? He gave him the letter yud. He added the letter Yud. The letter Yud saves him in the days of Yemei Bikure Anovim that he shouldn't be pulled astray by those Miraglim. 
and again the letter Yud. So it would seem the avoid of the days Habarim the Krasenu is to add the letter Yud into the equation. Then we'll get tzitzis that will bring us to Lamantizkru. Then the Anovim won't spell out Samachmem Alaf Lamad, and then we'll have the Koyach of Yeshua ben Nun, Yikra Moshe Lahishaya ben Nun Yehoshua. What can this possibly mean? What is the letter Yud? And what's the eternal message? And in a practical sense, what does this tell us? This week's Perik, as we said, is Perik Gimel. We learn the Mishnah. Well, the Mishnah tells us in Perik Gimel, Mishnah Hey, Reb Nechuni ben Akana Oymer, Kala Mekabul of Oil Torah, Mavir Mimenu Oil Malchus, the Oil Derecheretz. A person that accepts upon himself the yoke of Torah, then that in itself will be a schooler, a shmira, that Hashem will be pyrrhic from him, the old malchus, the old derecheretz. I saw in the Sefer Mishnah Sachet. He has a beautiful arichas on this Mishnah. And he explains the following. The morale tells us Sorry, the brother of the morale in the Sefer Achaim, Aramis. The letter Tzadik in the Aleph base is made up with a Nun that's falling, and on the back of the Nun, you have the letter Yud. If you have the Nun that is falling, and on it, you have the Yud, then you have the letter Tzadik. And that's why it says, we all tzaddikim, because we have the yud on our backs. And then even though we fall, we are protected by the letter yud. Sheva, yipoil, tzaddik, come. When we have the tzaddik, then we have tukuma. Let's explain it a little further. The Gemara tells us why in Ashrei don't we have the letter nun. We have every single letter of the Aleph base. We start off, Ashrei, Yosheh, Secha, B'chol, all the letters of the Aleph besides the letter Nun, says the Gemara, because Nun represents falling. Nafla is letter Nun. So we don't want to mention the Philo, says the Gemara. Nevertheless, in the letter Samach, David Melech alluded to letter Nun as he writes, Hashem l'chal ha-noiflim. There's a smicha to all those noiflim. Nafla Yisrael. Samach is a lashon smicha. But Samach is 10 more in numerical value than the Nun, which means if you add another 10, which is the Yud, then you get something called a Samach, a smicha, a support system, and he won't fall. Nun on itself falls. But you add the letter Yud, then the Nun is turned into, transformed into Tzadik, once you have tzaddik, then there's no nefila, sheva yipel, tzaddik become. And that's what the Mishnah is alluding to. The way how we have tekuma is when we put on our shoulders the letter yud. We are being bombarded with the oil malchus, oil derecheretz, and we are falling. And we think it's difficult. And the answer is, or the solution is, adraba. If you pouring my olive, sorry, then you'll get the old malchus, old derecheretz. 
But if you're makabal upon yourself, on your shoulder, you're holding the yud, then that is makabal al Torah, then ma'vir mimenu, all malchus, all their herod, that will stop the falling. A person's having a challenge, having a difficult time. He's having a nefila. Maybe in a physical sense or in a spiritual sense. What he has to do is get the letter yud, which represents spirituality, put that on his back, carry it, that in itself will call, cause him to rise, to stand, not to fall, and to have a tukuma. So what is this letter yud? What does this mean practically? And how does this help us in Yemei Bikure Anovim? The Gemara tells him, Masechus Menachus, Oilam hazen nivra behei, Oilam haboam nivra beyud. Ki beka Hashem tzure lomim. Oilam haboaz yud. Oilam hazez hei. A person can live his life two ways. Either through the letter hei, or the letter yud. Either see life through the prism of Oilam hazeh, all through the prism of Oilam Abba. When a person will start training himself to look at life through the Oilam Abba lens, Yud lens, then his whole world will look totally different. If this will drastically transform him into being a different person, he has a nefila in the Oilam Hagashmi. This is not going his way, that's not going his way, that's hard, that's difficult. Carry the Yud with you. Put the yud on your shoulder. Once you do that, then your perspective will change and that nefila can turn into a tzaddik. And that's exactly the message of the parish Samaraglim. They say in the name of the Chdusharim, he said a marshal, what the Aveira of the Maraglim was. There was once this small village of 50, 60 peasants that sent a request to the king they should send the crown prince to visit them. They want to have some association to the king. So the king sent back with a messenger, yes, Tuesday afternoon, six o'clock, the crown prince will be there. They were waiting and anticipating the arrival of the crown prince. They prepared the town. They cleaned it up and everybody was putting up, put on their nicest clothing in preparation for the crown prince's arrival. Six o'clock came and the Crown Prince was nowhere to be found. The mayor of these peasants was nervous and he knew the Crown Prince keeps the time. If it's not here, it means something went wrong. So they went to find out what's happening and they realized that in the forest nearby, he was being captured by a bunch of highwaymen. So the mayor rallied up his peasants and he said, let's bring whichever weapons we have and we have to go and save the crown prince from the, from the assault of those accursed highwaymen. So they came and waged war against those highwaymen. They caught them by surprise and they managed to bring the crown prince into safety. The crown prince goes back to his father, the king, and he tells the king what a great favor those people did, headed by their mayor. They saved my life. I owe everything to them. The king was so overjoyed and full of gratitude that he invited all, the, all those villagers and those peasants with their mayor to come and get a reward. The king gave a speech about the feelings of gratitude. 
that he feels and he would like to express. And he said, as a result, every one of you that went out to save my son will be rewarded graciously. And they all lined up to get their gifts. And this one got a piece of gold and a piece of silver, diamonds and precious stones. Then came the mayor himself, the one that took credit for the whole operation to rescue the crown prince. And he was starting to imagine to himself what a gift he's going to get if those people, the peasants, got a piece of gold and silver. Can you imagine what he's going to merit to get from the king? And he stands there in line and it comes his turn and he gets a piece of parchment with a few words written on it. This mayor was illiterate, couldn't read or write. He got the piece of paper and his face turned bright red. He was so angry and annoyed. That's what the king does. That expresses gratitude. Doesn't he know that I was the one that orchestrated the whole rescue? Those people get pieces of gold and silver and I'm the man. All I get is a piece of paper. And he was about to get the piece of paper, rip it up and burn it to ashes. And someone came running and he says, don't do that. This is a precious piece of paper. He opened it up and he, he says, in this paper, you are promised to become mayor of a way bigger town than a palace is going to be built for you. So the Chedushirim, you know the problem with this mayor was? He didn't know how to read. If you don't know how to read, then you can be throwing away golden opportunities. The Miraglim went to Israel. They spied out the land, but they didn't know how to read. When they saw funerals were taking place, they misread it, and they thought this is a misfortune. When they saw big fruits, they thought that means that it's a difficult place to live. And they were impressed and intimidated by those giants, by Anakim. But a Yid that understands how to read doesn't get impressed by big people, big fruits, doesn't get intimidated by these chitzonious bigger things. Famous, the Chavetz Chaim says, which town is bigger? New York City in the 1920s or Radin? If you ask somebody that studies the map, they'll say, of course, New York City is a huge city. Millions of people inhabit that town. Radin is a tiny speck on the map. But that's not true in the spiritual world in Tremayim, in the map. Radin is huge. You have Yeshiva Gdosha, you have Bochrim, you have Bnei Torah, you have Balabatim. Kveh Ithmila Torah, having a learning. Bal Roisha, Bal Tzavam, you have the Sabah Kadisha, the Chavetz Chaim. Can you imagine how large Radin is? What do you have in New York City? A few people going to work. Day in, day out, that doesn't take up space on the map in Shemaim. Big and small is all relative. If you're looking through the lens of the hay, then New York City is big, Radin is small. But if you look through the lens of the Yud, then New York City is tiny and Radin is huge. The hate of the Miraglim, says the Chedusharim, was because they looked through the prism of Chitsonius. They didn't know how to read. And they sinned and they brought something called Chorban, destruction. And every single person in his own private life, 
if he lives a life of hay, then he lives a life of Chorban. He'll be intimidated by this person, by that person. But if he lives a life of Yud, of oil and Abba, then he lives a life of Binyan. The Gemara tells us in the Stactus Baba Basra, Yosef Rader of Shua had an after-death experience and he went to Shemaim and he comes back and his father asked him, what did you see? He says, the upside-down world over there. People that are here at the top are the bottom. People at the bottom are the top. Tipsy-turvy. Everything's opposite. She said to him, no, Oilam Baru, saw. People that in Oilam are there seem to be called successful, powerful, influential. They are at the back. People in this world that are sitting by the Gemara, swaying back and forth, they are at the front. Oilam Azeh is, hey, it's Oilam Hafuch, it's upside down. Oilam Abba is Yud. That's Oilam Baru. A person has a nefila in this world. He has Oil Malchus, Oil Derech Eretz. He's being challenged by a situation. And he's about to fall. What gives him a tekuma? What gives him confidence to withstand that? Is the letter Yud. Place the Yud on your back. And then that nefila of the Nun will be transformed into Tzadik. Then you'll be elevated and then you'll grow. And then all of a sudden, the old Malchus and all their Harris will all fall away. That's the void of Yid. They make everybody swear. In these days of Yemei, Bikure Anovim. The Miraglim was spying out the land and the Koyach Samach Mem Aleflamud, which is the Ois Hay, which is Oilamazeh, which is Nituk of spirituality, had control over them. When we don't have the letter Yud in the middle, when you put and you insert the letter Yud inside the Anovim, then you don't have the Samach Mem Aleflamud. You add the letter Yud. Because to live a life of Yud, of Olam Haba, of Tzadik, of Tikuma. And then you won't be Nikshal in the Mechet Raglim. When we're wearing the tzitzis and we want to remember our spiritual essence. So we add an extra yud, an extra dosage of oil haba, an extra understanding that on the nun on the back you have to have the letter yud because that is our smicha, that is how we are supported, that's how we survive, that's how we manage because we're makabal on ourselves. The oil Torah, but we have to live a life of being confident in this Yud. If ourselves are not sure, and we say sometimes yes, sometimes not, that is a recipe for disaster. Then we can fall into the hate of Miraglim and start looking up to what the world views as good, as success, as big, as large. I read a marshal 
what the Bala Musa used to say. There was a group of Ganovim in Varsha that were very smart and very shrewd. And they used to do the following trick. They would come to a certain individual and say, I want to strike a deal with you. You give us 10,000 reals lattice, and we will give you in return 100,000 counterfeit lattice. The guy says to them, are you crazy? 100,000 forged lattice, what I have from it? I can't spend it, can't go to the bank with it. I'll be caught, I'll be rat in jail. Thank you, goodbye. They said, no, no. The way we forge is so perfect and exact, you'll never get caught. He says, I don't believe you. He says, tell you what. Let's go to six banks here in Barsha. I will test it out. And let's make the following plan. If six banks accept this money, then the deal's on. Says, yeah, six banks accept it. Then the deal's on. They go to bank number one. They take out this money. And he says, okay, can I deposit $200? 200 slotters for this money. Sure. The teller takes the money, looks at it to the light, this way, that way. Smells it, feels it, that this is real. Deposit it. Go to the next bank. Same thing happens. Every single bank is taking this money. These thieves turn to this person and say, you see, it's a real thing. This fools everybody. The deal's on. He says, yes. He agreed. It sounds good. Takes out 10,000 zlatas. He gives it to them. They give him 100,000 zlatas of his counterfeit money. He's overjoyed. He's looking forward to spend 100,000 latas. Five minutes doesn't pass. And there's a knock at the door. He opens up the door. Three policemen standing there with a stern look on their faces. And they say to this individual, you have counterfeit money in your possession. And the man is taken off guard. And he says, um, yes, I do. You're embarrassed of yourself. Don't you know it's illegal? Hand it over. He says, okay, he runs to get it. And he gives them the 100,000 lattice. They say to him, okay, we're now going to lock you up in jail for owning forged money. He says, he begs them, please, I beg you, don't put me in jail. I was innocent. I was taken for a ride. It wasn't my fault. And they say, we don't care. And he starts begging and pleading. He says, you know what? Let me redeem my sentence in jail by giving you 10,000 slatters. He says, okay, they agreed to the deal. They took the 10,000 slatters and he breathed a sigh of relief. At least I'm not in jail. But the truth of the story was this whole story, this whole plan was all the work of those thieves. Those police were hired by those same gang of robbers, of thieves, and the plan was as follows. The 100,000 lattice that they gave him was real lattice. Wasn't forged, wasn't counterfeit, not at all. And that was the reason why all the banks accepted it. But they had this trick to get police to knock at his door to make him think this is fake and get back their money with a bonus. And that's how they managed to extract from him all that money. And the question is, okay, what's the flaw? What should have the men done? And the Balamusa said, you know what he should have done? 
when the police knocked on his door and they said, give us, do you have counterfeit money? Get, hand it over. He should have said to them with great confidence, no, I don't. I don't have a penny. Every money, that penny they have is real. He, be, he went to six banks. Every bank accepted it. Why is he being intimidated? Why is he nervous? Why is he giving in? Why is he admitting? Because he himself is not confident. If he would have showed confidence, then he would have had those 100,000 losses. They would have no way to get it out of him. It's because he himself wasn't sure. He himself wasn't convinced 100% he gives it to them. When the Eitzara comes to us and tries to sell us oil on Hazeh, he tries to sell us that success means in the materialistic world. If we are not strong and we are not convinced ourselves that it's a problem, that he can rob us, that he can steal from us what truly belongs to us, he can start telling us that that is called success and don't be involved in the oil Torah, be involved in the oil Malchus, all their Herods, and then we are lost, Rahman al Islam. We have to be confident. We have to be convinced. We have to be sure with ourselves. We live in the world of Yud, not in the world of Hay. We carry on the back with every nefila, the letter Yud. We live in the world of Tzitzis, of Lamantizkru, of Lysosiru. Then we never fall. Because every nefila is transformed into Tzadik, into Ba'amech. So the message for these days, the days of let's make sure to find that Yud, to insert the Yud inside the Anovim, and then we'll be protected from the Atzat Samaraglim, and we'll be zoichet to the Amech Kuram Tzadikim, La Oilam Yirshu Aretz, Suras Tavis Group.